Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick and this is episode number 123 of the Mandolins of Beer podcast brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe. Hope everybody's having a fantastic week right now. It's already Friday, can't believe it. I'm uh, super stoked. I'm getting ready. My uh, Tom Petty tribute band, the Bluegrass Tribute, is playing the Charleston Music Hall tonight, which is kind of like a dream venue for me. I've seen so many incredible shows. Gillian Welch and the Punch Brothers playing there together, Dawes, uh, Sam Bush, I mean, Thiele Solo just a uh, few months ago. Gosh, this is like a, this is great, like a kind of a dream come true. So, so yeah, that's going on today. Um, I want to thank, by the way, I've got three new patrons this week. Um, I've got Gnome Berg. I want to thank you, Gnome. He signed up, paid for the year in advance. Super appreciated. So thank you so much to Gnome. I want to thank all the way in Ireland, Jason O'Connor. Jason signed up. Thank you so much, Jason. And Robert Plessett. I hope I'm saying your last name properly, Robert. He also signed up for an entire year. If you'd like to go over to the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash mandolinsandbeer. You can sign up for as little as $1 a month and up to $10 a month. You can also pay for the entire year at one time if you don't want to deal with something being taken out uh, monthly. Uh, Every little bit helps. So thank you so much to my current patrons. Um, We're going to be doing the hang again the last Tuesday of February where we'll just get on the video chat and talk and hang out for a little bit. Uh, Also, I've got some new items available on my store. I've got a brand new store on my website that seems to be a lot more easy to navigate. Um, So if you go to shop at mandolinsandbeer.com, I've got some pick cases uh, that zipper up with the mandolins and beer logo on there. And you can, don't don't ever lose your expensive and or cheap picks again. Put them in that pick case. You'll always know where they're at. Uh, I've got more stickers, and I've got the holographic stickers, stickers that look really, really cool. And also tie-dyed shirts and shirts are back in stock. So head on over to that. I appreciate it. And if you uh, just want to even just share it and spread the word, share it on your social media, uh, that'd be great. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all those things really, really help. Speaking of help... Let's get to the sponsors real quick here. Peghead Nation, streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass. You'll learn bluegrass, old time, and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in Roots Music. PegheadNation.com features a great lineup of mandolin instructors. Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Feibish, and Chad Manning. From beginning to advanced, they have got it all. All the courses include high-quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation and tab play along tracks and plenty in tunes and songs to play that's an understatement there are uh some killer catalog of tunes on there so be sure to check it out and you can check it out for free get your first month for free go to pegheadnation.com use the promo code mandolin beer all one word at checkout also follow them on the instagram Northfield Mandolins, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com or download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Uh, Also, an incredible, incredible Instagram account. And Straight Up Strings, Roger Simonoff and the folks at Straight Up Strings, they've discovered the secret to a balanced mandolin. Now, I can't tell you the science behind it, but they can. You can go to the website and go to straightupstrings.com. First off, this is such a great deal. The strings are normally $8.95 a set, but you get a six-pack for $43.95. You save $9.75. That's like getting a pack of strings for free. 
And you can also, when you're there, sign up for the newsletter, which is a just a great resource. It's always got some fantastic information and, and tips from players and great stuff like that. See why CJ Lewandowski and Tristan Scroggins use these strings. Find out yourself. Go to straightupstrings.com. All right, let's get into the interview with Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker plays on one of my favorite albums. Head on into Heartache by the Lonesome River Band is one of those albums that I got when I first started playing, and just his playing on every song is perfect. So we're going to talk about that, and I want to thank Jeff. He was, was in a bit of a time crunch, so I really appreciate him squeezing in this interview today. So check out this interview with the incredible Jeff Parker. Cheers, everybody. All right, it is my pleasure now to welcome to the podcast, Jeff Parker. Jeff, how's it going? Doing great, Patrick. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. How um, you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, you, oh, yeah. You, uh, one of the first bluegrass jams that I ever went to was at a coffee house in my old hometown of Bay City, Michigan. And these guys played this song. You know, I'd started dabbling a little bit and listened to bluegrass, and these guys played this song, Tears in My Tracks. My who is that? I remember what you promised forever and always. It's raging through my memory. Every word I heard you say. Through the mist and the rain and the fog and the cold, cold wind that blows me down. It's a lonesome road to travel. Hope you never have to walk this trail. Oh man, this is on this band, Lonesome River Band album. I went out and bought that album the next morning. And really? I, yeah, I, bought, I wore that CD out. I had to buy a second one. I love that album. That was, you know, I, while my time with Lonesome River Band, I did three uh, projects there. But that uh, that record there and that song was one of the favorite albums that I got to do with them. And Tears on My Tracks, That when Sammy brought that into the band there, and he said, he said, Park, he said, I believe this will uh, be a good song for you and to do lead on. And it was one of my favorite songs, actually, on that that whole, uh, that whole CD there. And it's, 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 I like the texture of the songs. I, I like the flow of it, the melody. And it had a great piece of uh, mandolin work on it as well. That whole that whole album's got great mandolin work on it. I, yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It is... I, I was reading that Doyle Lawson is um, one of your favorite mandolin players out there. Uh, absolutely, Doyle. I've followed Doyle most of my career in music. Uh, two people inspired me while we're talking about Doyle. I got started on the mandolin. Well, my dad, Vester Parker, of course, was my biggest inspiration and got me started in music at six years old. And as I got older, you know, and my I was influenced on mandolin by a guy by the name of Harold Russell that uh, had a band, uh, the Russell Brothers, uh, that my Uncle James Parker was a part of for seven or eight years. But then uh, Harold Russell and Doyle Lawson is the reason that, uh, and my dad, of course, is the reason I got in, and I'm still at it. I was always sinning 
is upon this earth I trod. Since I found him sinner, I know I'm not alone. And I know Oh man, and that you, your um, your your playing definitely pulls inspiration from Doyle. Real clean, real classic. You know, it's yeah. uh, I love it, man. Well, thank you, Patrick. Uh, what I liked about Doyle, and you know, I've never been one to sit back and try to, uh, you know, in the days of, of trying to learn. You know, uh, we didn't have all the uh, social media or the video, <laughs> the videos and all that stuff. But if you learn, if to learn anything on the mandolin or any instrument, as far as that goes, it was either if you was lucky enough, it was either one on one. You know, but at that time when I started, there wasn't any uh, mandolin players around. Uh, where I live in Kentucky. And so uh, if you was lucky enough to have a record player, and we did at times, then all you could do is, uh, is you know, the old turntables is play the song over and over and over. But what I'm, my point is I never was one to sit back and try to mimic note for note like Doyle played because one, one reason uh, – uh, we're two different people, but I try to get close, and I favored that style because of his note selection and his clarity and picking and the spaces, you know. So I listened to that opposed to uh, uh, someone uh, playing triplet notes, you know, because I, I like to play the melody. So that's what inspired me about Doyle Lawson's mandolin playing and and that's just what I grew up listening to, and uh, which I listened to Dole and John Duffy and, you know, uh, Ricky Skaggs. But his his uh, mandolin playing is awesome. But it was just a little different. Uh, it had a little different uh, style about it. It was very good. And, of course, uh, you know, I used to go, uh, I couldn't play none of it. But, man, I, I like all those players, Jim, uh, Jesse McReynolds. Uh, you know, just people like that. But Doyle was always my favorite, and I just liked the the style and the tone and the clarity. So that's pretty much what I uh, never was one to sit down and try to back it up, like I said, and play lick for lick. But I do favor Doyle's style of mandolin playing, but with my own identity. Mm-hmm. You definitely nail his clarity. That's the one thing that really stands out, and especially even on this uh, the the newest Joe Mullins Radio Ramblers album. Um, mm-hmm. It kicks off with a just a killer mandolin kickoff, you know, and it's just uh, harkens to Doyle. But like you said, not without sounding exactly like Doyle, but that clarity, great choice of notes. Come a little closer, sit a while with me. tell you about a man from Galilee baptized by John the Baptist born a virgin bird that's like what you're yeah, yeah that's uh, it's all your stuff that I've that I've listened to is just all all that kind of stuff just good stuff always the right thing it seems like <laughs> yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. I think uh, you know uh, for some people uh, there's still room uh and people still enjoy simplicity and, you know, less is more. And uh, which there's, I mean, 
I played with some great bands and about every musician, uh, even in this band I'm in now with Joe Mullins, you know, everybody can play a little mandolin, but, you know, everybody's got their own feel and their own touch, but I just stick to, uh, I play what I hear and the way I feel, and uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know theory. I just know, I just play what I feel, I guess, and I hear, and and sometimes it uh, works out. <laughs> While we're talking about theory, let me let me ask one question. Let me ask you a question. If yeah, I could. sure. Uh, talking about theory, I tell you something that, that uh, hangs me up and hangs people up. Uh, then we'll get off that subject. But uh, are you familiar? Uh, uh, about the circle of fifths. Uh, yeah. I mean, for, like for when I practice, I am a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like when well, I work scales. Okay. That to me is, uh, that to me is, uh, gets confusing. Uh, I guess you just, is it correct? If you go like, if it, you, do you operate from the five chord or the one chord or you go up, you go up a key or, and then you, the circle of fifths, you're playing fifths every time. It's all it's circling. Am I correct? Yes. That? Yeah. So that it, it, the weird thing about it is it goes in two different directions. So if you go one direction, right. it goes in fourths. Mm-hmm. And if you go in one direction, it goes in fifths. So I usually go the backwards direction, which I believe is four. Oh. So, so I will practice the scale or whatever I'm working on. Like if it's a lick, I'll practice it in C and then mm-hmm. I will move it to the fourth and I'll go to uh, F and then over mm-hmm. to B flat, E flat, A flat, et cetera. And then I just go around it that way. And for me, the only reason why I do that, I don't feel like I, I definitely am not an expert. Like I can't tell you, well, you know, if you do this on the circle of fifths and go from here to here, um, the the great logic behind that, like some players can. But what I find it yeah. is, is just a good way for me to practice like licks in different keys and just feel better That's in close positions. Did. Yeah. That that's the way I do it, but and I've tried both directions, and uh, it can get very interesting. But uh, it's a good practice method. But for explaining, people ask me, I I pretty much have to show them uh, other than explaining the logic to it because I just don't know how it works. I can't tell you what I'm doing, but I can show it to you. Yeah, that and if that makes sense. Totally. And and if you watch there's videos out there of people who can explain exactly. But to yeah. me then it starts getting for I mean, I I'm sure if I played really complex music it would be, you know, even more helpful for me to jump in, but I find a lot of times if I start th- my theory is if you think you stink and the problem is I start thinking about it while I'm playing and the minute I start thinking about it, I'm lost in the, you know, a breaks passed by or I forced a lick oh, that yeah. shouldn't have gone into there in there. So I just try that's to stick for practicing. Yeah. People, you know, it's me like singing, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I never have considered myself a singer. I enjoy trying to sing and what I do, but it's like people say, man, how do you remember lyrics? Well, I don't remember lyrics like a lot of people do because, you know, I sing some lead, but I sing some harmony. I sing some tenor. So it's not like I'm a dedicated 100% lead singer to where that's all I think about. And I think that makes a difference when people say, how do you remember the lyrics to the song? <laughs> right. You know, but my uh, going back to what we was talking about mandolins is if I think about it, like we go on stage now and do an hour show or an hour and a half or whatever it might be, you know, you've got to study those stuff. You got to get in your head, but, uh, 
you know, but before a show, I make it a habit. If you if you think God, what's the worst that? What's the worst this? If I get to thinking about it, I go total blank. I can't. But some reason or another, when I get on stage, uh, uh, you know, it has its points. Maybe an intro or a field line hit triggers what what's coming up next. And if you don't think about it, then I can sing. But if I start thinking about it, I go blank. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, exactly. So I'm, I'm already defeated. You um you mentioned your dad being a huge influence, and since we're talking about practice, I wrote this down. Um, this is the greatest. And you, when you were little, your dad said you need to practice. You have to know what you're doing and keep learning, which I think is invaluable with a with an instrument. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. When I started playing mandolin, you know, uh, at times, which dad never forced me to play and demanded I play because I loved it enough that I wanted to. And there was times I'd get it out, you know, and him and mom, you know, they said, oh, it's driving us crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. We, all, we, uh, we lived in a small house, and it was four of us, us, my siblings, mom and dad. So, you know, it wasn't like we had a big place to to get away uh, to practice. But anyway, uh, then I would have times that I just didn't want to play with and and Dad always told me, you know, he'd say, "Well, son, if you go to learn that, you you got you got to practice." And then there was times, you know, he he'd want me to play something, and he'd say, "The only way you go learn it, you got to practice, practice, practice. If you don't, you know, you ain't go learn it." <laughs> right. And I, and I and I still try to practice. You know, uh, I try to stay up on what I'm doing now, but uh, and to try to maintain. Because at my age now, which you never get too old to learn, but I just try to stay focused and practice on uh, the job or whatever band I'm playing in. Uh, I try to focus on their material and what we're doing, as opposed to listing something else. And because it, to me, it can be a distraction if you if you're not practicing and staying within the loop of the style of music you're playing, unless you're like. Uh, uh, the great Chris Thiele, you know, and you, don't, you you just play whatever, but I can't do that. I have to stay focused and committed to it. You have some great video, too, on your Facebook, man, of you, like, just, uh, like, getting ready to go on the road and warming up and playing some tunes and things like that. I, I love seeing that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, I do a few of those. I've had some that's uh, done pretty good, but I, I need to start doing some more, but sometimes... I think it's good, you know, anything that you can put on there, uh, some people enjoy it, but sometimes I get, uh, you know, I get the mentality of thinking, you know, I don't want people thinking, you know, say, well, he just wants to see himself or bragging, but <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't look at it that way because it is, you know, it's, it is your craft. It's what a person does. So I'm a little hesitant anymore to put so much on there, but uh, you just encouraged me, so I'm going to put some more on. Oh, great, man. Yeah, it encourages me to, uh, you know, maybe play along with what you're playing or, you know, reminds me, like, oh, I used to know this tune and, yeah, working in that. I would like to put a few things on there, and it's, you know, and it's not that uh, I'm narcissistic about it, about myself. It's not that at all, and some people uh, don't view it that way, and some do, and some are, but... Uh, I put it on there because uh, 
it keeps you in the loop with fans and people that do appreciate what you're doing mm-hmm. and like what you're doing. And for the naysayers, then they don't have to listen to it. So, <laughs> right. But, and I try to put stuff on there, a, sem- a simple and the style I play and hopefully people enjoy it. And it's good practice for me. And you can always learn from even teaching lessons or something you might play on there. You, you mentioned, you know, you've played with a lot of great players wonder if you have some advice. I mean, you've played in, you know, the Lonesome River Band, Daily Vincent. Um, I mean, it, Joe Mullins and the Raider Ramblers right now, which is a bunch of great players. What's what's some advice you can give to somebody who wants to work up to maybe trying to join a band or if they've got to audition? Maybe some mm-hmm. words of wisdom about approaching something like that. Well, I guess if I could give any words of wisdom or how to approach anything would be uh, – would be uh, know what you want first. Uh, know the know the style of music that you want to play. Find a uh, find a group or a band that plays the kind of music that you want to play, and uh, listen to that kind of music and study it. Then uh, you know it's like if you want to play traditional bluegrass. For instance, if you want to play the style of music we play, uh, Joe Mullins Radio Ramblers. If you, then you listen to that. You can't listen to that and go play Ralph Stanley music because it don't match. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I would encourage people to uh, uh, decide on the instrument you want to play, and you know, and practice, uh, and you know, and find the, the group style that you like. And there's so many great musicians and so many great bands out there that you can listen to. Then. Uh, then go see these people, support them and meet them, you know, and interact with them and talk and let them, uh, maybe you sit in on a, a jam session or a practice session and uh, it opens up the door for you to meet more people and and that's how it works and they might recommend you try this, try that or might know somebody that's looking for somebody and it's all one big family and people work together and off one another and, and that's what I would recommend. And this is one of the few musics where you can do that, where you can approach people like that or approach a jam yeah. session like that. And that's, that's another thing about playing the, the genre of music we play, which is, I like to call it traditional music. And uh, not just limited it to, say, bluegrass, but music in general, but in our genre of music, you know, uh, it's, and it seems more doable for bluegrass pickers, folk music. And, of course, you've got a lot of outdoor festivals and venues that, you can interact with people and you can approach us musicians that, that do this uh, for a living and try to do it for a living. I mean, we're we're all the same as one of my buddies always said it best. He said, only, you know, you have us on the stage, you have people in the audience. The only difference in us all is we're, we're on stage and you're out there, you know. We're <laughs> right. all the same. <laughs> right. so, so you can approach people and talk about it, interact and, you know, and ask about the instruments and ask for ideas and, you know, and never be afraid to just ask somebody's opinion. And, uh, I, I'm not the best of the best for advice, but I just, that's how I approach things. And that's the only, you know, that's the only advice I can give people because I, I do the same and, and I've been playing all these years. And, and if I want to, if I want to approach a person, ask about an instrument or, 
or some kind of tune or something, I, I, I don't mind at all because I still like learning what I can, you know? Yeah, that's great. Well, that's that's why you're so good and still doing it, you know, all those things. You're always learning. Yes, I try to, you know. I mean, uh, I, I played my mandolin a little bit this morning. I actually, uh, for some reason or another, you know, I I wake up sometimes and, and I just hear a little lick in my head. It don't amount to nothing, but it means something to me. And I thought, why didn't I think about that? 15 years ago <laughs> but it's just it's something it's something you know that that i can use and uh, that i just you know uh, you can always apply it into something you're playing you know because man i listen to different mandolin players different musicians and, and i watch some youtube stuff and and uh, man my uncle was talking this morning there just so many great musicians anymore that they're just they're young and they're just talented and they just they're gifted you know yeah so at the same time you know uh you can you, you can learn you can take something maybe it uh would be hard for one person maybe easier for another but it's a challenge always to be able to play but i always said uh, anybody can play. I'm a simple player. I like to think I'm not a modern day fancy player, but he always said anybody can probably play the kind of mandolin I do, but you've got to apply yourself and you've got to practice. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you, 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 you may, you may say it, it's simple or it may feel simple to you, but every time I hear you play, it sounds perfect for the song. Like that's every lick you take, every break you take, the kickoffs, you know, it, it makes me really rethink about my playing and, and mm -hmm. how you can play better for the tune, man. I think it's yeah, great. Well, man, that's a great compliment, you know, and that, that, and that, you know, even after playing 40 plus years, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that still, you know, it encourages me to, keep wanting to do what I do and the way I do things, you know, because um, people do appreciate. Sometimes it's so easy to get burnt out on what, you know, myself, I'll use myself, for example. I get I get burnt out on myself playing because it sounds so boring. <laughs> but, but to the, you know, I have, uh, I give a few mandolin lessons when, when I'm available and people want to, but, but, uh, then I go back and rethink it because what might seem, uh, you know, boring to me, man, it's uh, for people trying to learn. I had to rethink that because it's very complicated for them for somebody that don't do that and take it for granted. Even though, even at a simple uh, playing a simple tune is old Joe Clark, you know, you've got to apply yourself and, and, you know, so it's, it might get boring to the player, but uh, to other people, you know, it inspires them and gives them a challenge to work at. And if I can do that, uh, then it keeps my interest up and keeps me wanting to be able to maintain and play the style that I can play. Well, I got to see you play with uh, Joe Mullins, like two or three sets over there at IBMA next to our booth. And and, and and what may seem simple to you, uh, you were playing with some fire, man. It was it was really inspiring. The other thing is your your tone is great, and not everybody can coax really great tone out of a mandolin. That's that's very true. You know, I've, uh, uh, there is folks have uh, that have some great instruments, uh, but they don't get the tone that really is available to them from that instrument. 
then there's people that can take a a, a very cheap estimate and they can get uh, just as good a tone out of that as somebody can. <laughs> Seems like a <laughs> right. But I think that goes uh, from for me. Uh, I've, I've always had this saying, uh, which you know I you know I like to think I get good tone the best uh, from an instrument. <clears throat> but I've been fooling with it. But, but to me, I always say you got. I can find that sweet spot in the instrument pretty quick. Yeah. How do you approach that? Uh, but the way I approach it, you know, it, it's just uh, you got to have the ear for it. I think, and not everybody does. It's just uh, it's a it's volume. Some people think it's just volume, or but to find the sweet spot. And a tone for me, uh, I can I can hear it in my head. You know, I hear the tone that I want to hear, and I try to find that. You know, whether I'm playing up closer to the fingerboard, or where I'm playing farther back, or how far I am from the bridge. You know, that you're going to find your sweet spot in that. And believe it or not, it's got a lot to do. I think with the person's hands. You know, they're calluses on their fingers or how they may may approach the note on the fingerboard you know you just got to find that you can not to overplay or underplay because you can for a mandolin you know you can overplay one and play the tone out of it because you're either playing too hard you've got to let it speak you know uh not to overplay the mandolin to where the the, the same volume and the tone Maybe you might chop, do some chop or rhythm on a mandolin, uh, maybe a little bit uh, more aggressive or, or play a little bit harder. Than, or vice versa, you might play the lead part a little, ha- uh, little harder, you know, apply more pressure to the pick. It just depends. So you got to find that sweet spot because it, it, you only get out of it what it is, you know, because... Mm-hmm. But it's. I think it's a. You got to develop a tone for it, and there and there are some instruments absolutely, is is just got great tone. But you know, but uh, even at that being said, you still have to uh, find that sweet spot because everybody plays different. Everybody feels different, and people. I think, and some people are just blessed to have good hands for noting ability. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes I think because we play mandolin and, you know, you go to a jam, sometimes you got to get up over that banjo. And a lot of times mm-hmm. that just takes the tone right out of the instrument. I think you'd be surprised, yeah. you know, I got to spend a few hours with Mike Compton the other day and, and um, you know, watch him play a little bit. And he's got a great touch. He's You would think a guy like Mike is like, you know, hammering away, but it's, he plays lighter than you would expect and pulls yeah. killer yeah. tone out of that thing. He's got Mike is a is a great man player and great tone and and yeah he's he's uh, he 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 plays so clean and the style he plays you know now I play a different style but he's he plays that I call it more of a he's got that Bill Monroe touch but but much better <laughs> <laughs> he plays that Bill Monroe style but he plays it so good and I love the tone. And the style that he plays, but now he get the tone that Mike Compton can play with, and that uh, I can't for some reason or another I can 
I can touch on a little bit of that tone, but uh, there again, you know, uh, he's got that ear for the kind of tone that he wants to perfect and play as well as me. I've got the tone and the ear for the style of mandolin that I want to play and that I hear. So that it's all it's it's as much in the player and maybe more so than it is the instrument. Speaking of instruments, what uh, what do you play? Well, I of course I've been playing. The, I've got a Gibson I've had. Uh, my dad bought me when I was twelve years old. Oh, it's an wow. F twelve. It's an F. It's a forty nine F twelve. I've had it all these years, wow. and I still I still play it. It's got a, you know. It's I think you know. I've done most of my music career and recordings with that mandolin, but I, I have played others. You know, I play. Uh, I've, I've had a Sam Bush model, you know, then the Steffi model, and from Gibson Manlins, of course. Then uh, I've had uh, several, but uh, to make a long story short, I play my Gibson on the road, and also uh, I have a Weber Manlin. It's called the Elite model. It's a 2007. Oh yeah. And I got, I got it in 2007, and and so I play I play the Weber, and I play my Gibson, you know, and I've had others that I play and. And uh, I'm always on the lookout for something I can afford, but uh, right now, there ain't nothing, there's no, there's no I can afford. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's wild. But you know, and I've I've played uh, some good instruments, but that's my go-to instruments uh, at this point is my uh, my F12 Gibson and and my F5 uh, Weber mandolin, and I think that they're good instruments and. People like me record good, but, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to playing anything. I've played some good mandolins that Builders has, uh, you know, I've endorsed with Builders, such as uh, Hayes uh, Mandolin is a great mandolin. You know, I, I played played those. As I played the Metcalf, you know, Rick Metcalf made it. Just great mandolins. Uh, there's a lot of great builders, so there's a lot of great loafers out there and builders and mandolin makers and I just can't afford the prices. <laughs> I hear ya. I'll tell you what, man. In the 2000s, Weber was building some killer mandolins. I'm telling you, they, there's some great. I've seen some out there. Uh, the Webers are awesome, and uh, uh, just the the playing and the touch to the tone they have. Uh, that's, they built some great instruments. Like I said, I've I've not been familiar with the new ones they have now. Because that one there I have, like I said, is an old seven. But I played both, most Webers that I played and seen people have. Man, they they build great instruments. What kind of pick do you use? I only ask because when on that video it was a bright colored pick, and okay, so now. I, just had to, I had to ask. Most of the picks I use, most of the picks I use, uh, uh, which I'm like uh, a lot of other people, I, I do. I, I use the the blue chip pick occasionally, the the forty five occasionally uh but my main main go-to pick for me for what i like the feel and i play with the i play with the, the uh, i don't play with the tip of a pick i play with the the round of the beveled part the i call it the fat part of the pick. <laughs> yeah. you know uh, i don't like i played with the tip of the pick for years but i find and I have for now for years i i started playing i would see people using the side and i just like the the, for what I play, I like the way it feels and I like the tone I get. But to answer your question, I use a plastic pick, and I like 
It's Dunlop pick, but I use a, a .96 gauge, and I, the only color those can't, them come in is pink. That's why that's the bright color. But uh, that that's the only uh, uh, Darren Vincent was Daily Vincent. You know, he used them, and and he he was showing me them one time. He said, I really like these picks right here, so I tried one of them, and, and man, I, 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 that's what I keep in my mandolin case. Of course, I got blue chips and uh, and Fender. I like something. I don't like a thin pick. Anything at least uh, 96-gauge, I feel good uh, with that, or maybe uh, that the biggest for me is maybe a, a, uh, maybe a 114. I've tried some of those. But for overall, my go-to pick, you know, is the 45-gauge uh, blue chip or, and, or like I said, the teardrop style of the 96 Dunlop picks. I, uh, I think they're good. But, not, you know, anything like that Fender, as long as it's uh, at least a uh, uh, heavy gauge is what I use. Those Dunlops are great, man. Um uh, Alan Bybee, Alan Bybee uses them. Darren Nicholson uses them. They're yeah, they're affordable, man. You can you yeah. can lose handfuls of them. It's only three bucks. <laughs> that's, that's what, yeah, you can buy. Yeah, I buy bags of them, you know. And but like I say, then then you're exactly right. If you lose one, you ain't lost nothing. But now, blue chip, you know, thirty, thirty five, forty dollars. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, and that's throwing the. That's throwing a meal away right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. Do you use the um like a traditional teardrop style blue chip as well when you use it same shape? Uh, I use the uh, yes. I uh, I've got a couple of those and I've got the other ones. Uh, I can't think of the proper name for them. We call them. It's got the three sides to it. Oh yeah, yeah, like a bigger triangle kind of triangle. Yeah, but yeah. but uh, I prefer uh, you know I prefer the teardrop shape and I use the side. That's what I like. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, when when I when I saw that video, I um it looks just like cause I just ordered a bunch of those because of Darren Nicholson, um when at IBMA would gave me one to check out and he uses one just a little bit heavier, but I bought both and I was watching. I'm like, oh man, I gotta ask him when he does this because I swear that's got to be one of those Dunlops. Those are great. Yeah, yeah I, I love them. Uh, what size do you use? Um, I, mean, I I use the one just a little bit bigger, like the um the uh one point. 1.16 i think right. in that or one right around there but i also use the uh, 1.4 wegan which um but it's got those holes drilled through them so i yeah. think it i think it takes away the thickness a little bit right. so it's got a little bit a little bit of flex to it i've tried the wegan picks and uh, but uh, and they're okay but I, I always go back to that pink Pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the sound of them. I like how they feel. And I, I guess I've just used them so long, but I've also used that multicolor a lot. You know, uh, you can still get them. That uh, the Fender Heavy picks, they're they're good. They come in white and that multicolor. It's the only side you get them in or used to. So oh, maybe. right, right. But that, that same, you know, I I remember talking to Wayne Benson. He just he said, "Yeah, man, I just use a a, a good heavy <laughs> pick, man." He said, "Works for me." So I thought, well, if it works for him, it works for me. <laughs> Absolutely, I love Wayne, man. What a great player! Oh my goodness, he's so good and a good guy with it. And, and man, it's it's so many great players out there. And and Darren Nixon's also a good player and a good friend of mine. He's a great guy and a good player. 
Well, I know you're you're on a little bit of a, a time crunch here, so I don't want to take too much more of your time. I just want to get sure. maybe uh, two more questions here. In. Okay. And, and um, the first one is, and I ask this to every player at the end, is if you had 10 minutes a day to work on something, what's something that you would work on that would help you become a better player? Well, for myself, uh, I like to pick out uh, uh, a couple of tunes and, uh, and play them in different keys. Uh, I do that, or I might take uh, and just to limber up for a practice run. I might uh, uh, try a few mandolin licks and and try them uh, the same way and and like the E string, A string, D string, and G string. Uh, I might do them. I might do the same thing for a stretch uh, on just for clarity, or then I just practice maybe uh, go through you know A through G. And not really playing no tune, just exercise. That's what I work on. Then, of course, if I, uh, like this morning, you know, I, I picked it up and I just done a little, uh, I might say I just wanted to play something in B, so I wasn't playing a song, but I just done a, a little bit of picking in, in B. And if you was listening to him, you said, man, what kind of tune is that? Well, it wasn't a tune. It was just something that I wanted to practice, you know. That's the way I do it, and I always, uh, I always like this. Uh, you know, I always like to play uh, warming up a lot in the key of G, and I like the key of E. I like all of them, but the key of G because you got you can correspond with some open strings. Of course, you can do that in A as well, but and you can do it, and I like the key of E. Then B flat. The B flat's uh, hard for people, it seems like, but I like. I like to do a few scales and stuff like that. Yeah, is tears tears on my tracks? Is that in B flat? I think it is. I think it's it been is too. Many years ago, but, I think it uh, is. Um, I remember because I remember like I want to work on this song, and I was still pretty new yeah. to mandolin. I'm like, well, this isn't in G or A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, but it got I, me working I, in in closed positions. Oh, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's a good tune, and that's a good B flat tune. And then the uh, the um, well, actually, two more questions. This one's quick. Do you have a? If you're picking up your mandolin right now, do you have a fiddle tune that would that you would play? Probably, if I was picking up my mandolin right now, I would say let's do a little Louisville breakdown in the key of G. That's a good one, and we do that on the show, and I, it's one of my favorite tunes, you know, or I might play the old tune uh, I like is uh, Roanoke. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Some people call it Roanoke. I call it, and I'm, uh, you know, I live here in Kentucky, and I'm a Kentucky guy, so I'm a little, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm not a hillbilly, but I'm a mountain man. <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, I'm a mountain man with modern with with modern cook stove and water. <laughs> I like it. I call it, I call it Roanoke and some people say it's Roanoke, but I call it Roanoke. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And then, uh, the last question is, do you have a favorite beer? If I was drinking beer, uh, my go-to beer when I used to drink beer is Coors Light. 
Oh, buddy, that's my, uh, that is my favorite. If I'm playing a gig, that's a great safe beer to drink. <laughs> uh, that would be my, uh, that would be my go-to. And we refer to it as a silver bullet. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's right. Silver bullet and, um, uh, werewolf killer. That's what my, uh, guitar player. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, where can everybody find you, Jeff? What's your, uh, where's your website and all you that good stuff? You can go to my website. It's, uh, jeffparkerandcompany.com. It's my website. I have a few, uh, uh, I need to update the website some, but I do have some uh, CDs available on there and a few things. If you'd like to go and visit my website and order a CD, we'll mail it to you. It's jeffparkerandcompany.com, or you can find me on Facebook. I'm on all social media platforms. I am on Twitter, but I never use it. And if you go to my website, you know, I've got a link on there to where you can go to my Facebook page, Twitter account, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Awesome. I'll post links as well. Jeff, thank you for uh, taking the time. And uh, I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate it, man. And thank you for uh, all the years of inspiration you've given me. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. I appreciate you. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. All right. There you go. Thank you so much to Jeff Parker for doing the podcast. Thanks for listening. Cheers, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic week.